Before we get to this episode, just to say thanks to everyone who's bought my new book, Champion Thinking, How to Find Success Without Losing Yourself. Published by Bloomsbury, the response has been terrific. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's been top 20 in the airport charts consistently, and the reviews have been terrific right across the board. And if you like this episode that you're about to hear on Flow, you'll be sure to enjoy Champion Thinking. Head to my website, simonmundy.com or Amazon, Waterstone, Smiths, places like that to get your copy. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back. This week I am talking to Thomas Hal robson Carnu, the footballer who scored probably Wales's most famous goal of all time against Belgium in the quarterfinals of Euro 2016. Check it out on YouTube if you want to enjoy a moment of inspiration. It really is sublime. The theme of this episode is all about the power of gratitude. And we're not just talking about being grateful for the good things that happen to you, but being grateful for everything from the sheer miracle of existence and the human body through to being accepting and grateful of adversity. We also talk about not looking outside of ourselves for fulfillment, success, approval and happiness, as well as the power of bringing awareness to our thoughts and feelings and the impact that can have. Now, while Thomas hasn't officially hung up his Premier League footballing boots, he does have another focus in the form of his own health drink company, the Turmeric Co. It was inspired by his own significant adversity and injury troubles as a teenager. And the Turmeric Co. now has tens of thousands of customers, including the England rugby team and other professional football clubs. Before we get to it, please do consider sharing this episode on social media, via WhatsApp, via a phone call, whichever way suits you best. It really does make a big difference and I would be hugely grateful. And speaking of gratitude, here is Thomas Robson Carnu. Thomas, how are you? I'm very good, Simon. Thank you very much. How about yourself? I'm very well, thank you. I'm delighted to be speaking to you. You are, I would say, a man of many talents, Thomas, an elite footballer entrepreneur bit of a philosopher is that a fair description would you say um yeah I would say uh I just try and sort of give my best on a consistent daily basis really that's sort of everything I've done whether it's on the on the football field or you know in the world of business or whether it's family looking after the kids or you know trying to be the best dad or husband possible um so yeah a nice a nice description you've given but really I just try and give my best consistently I like that. So you're shunning the labels and just trying to show up as best you can on any given day in a nutshell. Yeah, essentially, that's all, all that we have, really. You know, there's a lot of um, there's so many material things which we get caught up with. And, you know, whether that's the success of business or the success of, you know, being an elite professional sports person, you know, or being, you know, significantly wealthy and you know, sort of having money at your disposal. But again, what is money? It's just time. And so, yeah, I think it's really, it's just um, sort of trying to just strip that back and, and be present with where you are at any given time. And then understanding, you know, what, what is your purpose and what's your passion at that moment in time? And then ultimately, you know, giving your best at that. I told you you were a philosopher. <laughs> just to pick up on something you said about 
materialism and you know success and all those kind of things now as a footballer you will have obviously playing in the premier league made a decent wage you'll have been surrounded by a lot of people who aren't and i hate to generalize but who aren't afraid to flash the wealth should we say so seeing through the idea that material materialism or even success is the answer to happiness when did you arrive at that conclusion or or how have you got there because it is a little bit out of possibly out of the norm for top class footballers yeah I I know what you mean I understand and some what you're saying I think when I was young as a teenager I actually read the bible from start to finish and it took me sort of 18 months and I'm not I'm not religious if I'm anything you know I would say I'm more aligned with you know, Gnostic, you know, Gnostic practices, but actually realizing that there is, you know, never an end point. And what I mean by that is, you know, we all have targets, we all have goals, we all have ambitions, but actually what happens when you achieve them? And it's great to have like massive, big ambitions, which are potentially unlikely to happen, but if they do, what next? what do you do next? And I think like that is something which being a, uh, a teenager, being a kid, having ambitions, you know, whether it was to, you know, buy your first car, buy your first house, you know, play, uh, become a professional footballer, you know, earn a professional contract, um, you know, uh, play in the Premier League, whatever your, your, your ambitions are, like it's actually, when you begin to achieve them, you actually realise and you have a realisation of actually, well, what's next? And then you realize that actually, as I said, you know, earlier, it's not about the the end point. It's never about the destination. It is simply about the process. And as long as you are fulfilled within that process, then you're actually on your correct journey. So whether your journey is successful or not successful at this moment in time, um, you know, and whether you are likely or unlikely to succeed, it is always about the process and being fulfilled within that. And I think that is, that's the key element to when we're talking about, you know, whether it's um, mental health and society and where we live in such a materialistic world and where we live in such a um, superficial world due to, as an example, social media, which is a massive gift, but also at the same time is also shifting, you know, our, our approach and our mentality and understanding of the world because as I said it's so superficial and it changes so rapidly it's like how do we how do you deal with that you know how do you process that in your mind you know so it's like actually it shifts your thinking and understanding of what actually is important and again it loops back to realizing that whatever you're doing it is simply about the process and if you are therefore fulfilled in that process then you are on your right journey. And that comes back to really what you were saying at the start about trying to be your best day to day, really. And this is something I've actually had a few talks on recently in terms of, for example, the difference between goals and values, or rather the imbalance between goals and values. And obviously, we as a society are very goal centric, but a couple of downsides to that. First of all, it can lead to, for example, unethical behavior, doping, etc. But also it leaves us with this idea that happiness lies in the future i'll be happy when x happens but the problem is the horizon keeps moving doesn't it so even throughout your footballing career were you cognizant of that were you aware of that it's definitely something which which i've you know developed and and you have to continually do the work and because you always get locked in there's always a trap out there you know in in your thinking you know in your in your ambition in your, your emotions and actually you know, so so the work never ends. But again, as we're saying, you know, you have to accept that as part of the process, part of the journey. But actually understanding, again, you know, what what you're what you're saying there is constantly. You know, we're we're a society, and we're now a civilization which continually looks outside of ourselves for gratification, um, acceptance, happiness success approval approve precisely like we are taught you know and and this whether the the teachings are whether whether it has been acknowledged or whether it has just been done uh, unconsciously uh, uh, yeah unconsciously it has been done so now 
as we said, you know, everyone is looking constantly outside of yourself, outside of yourself for mm. these things which then dictate our emotional state and how we feel and how we think. So what we, when you look at uh, education and you look at kids and you, you know, if you have a child in front of you, like the sooner that you can teach them that they control their happiness, they control whatever they think at any given time. And off the back of that, they then control their reaction and a refractionary period to that emotion, whether it be happiness or sadness, they can control that. And once you begin to realize that, then, and once they begin to realize that, they then become empowered. And therefore, regardless of the news being displayed today, regardless of the information channels that you receive and the information that you consume, ultimately, you can dictate how you think and how you feel. And when you begin to incorporate that as a pattern, you can then actually begin to influence your life in a positive way. And, you know, when you talk to, you know, very, um, you know, whether it's um, successful people, but actually people who are really content and really happy and, and have a lot of gratitude, they really live by this. And again, a lot, of, a lot of the time, they may just be doing it subconsciously and they've just fallen into this pa- pattern, which generates a level of gratitude, happiness, um, you know, positivity which reflects and, you know, bats away the, you know, the negative cycles which everyone is currently disposed to for a consistent period of time and is ultimately trapped in. So, yeah, we've gone off on a massive tangent there at the start of this, but, uh, but, yeah. (laughs) No, I like it. I like it. I like it. And we'll, we'll get back on course in a bit, but I want to stick on this tangent just for a little bit. So this whole seeking happiness outside ourselves and i'd assert that um you know ultimately what we're all looking for is to be happy and we just might think it is in the car the relationship the trophy the promotion the retirement whatever it may be but a lot of people i think come to this realization sooner or later that you know like you say nothing outside of yourself can ultimately fill the void and, you know, you kind of got to start looking back inwards. And gratitude, you mentioned it there. And there's so much studies that show the power of gratitude. And I know it's something you really, really value and embrace. So in terms of gratitude, how would you encourage people to be more grateful? And where do people go wrong when it comes to gratitude if you like does that make sense yeah it does it's almost like where do you start right and it's like where, where, where yeah where do you start and and so the fact that we're even on this earth or you as an individual or the listener the the listener listening so you today the fact that you are even here at this moment in time is a miracle to the power of 10 and beyond right so when you actually break it down, like the, the generations that have had to have passed before you, you know, your, your DNA, this time, this age, you know, whether, whether civilization has been going for however many billions of years, you know, to, to have been born in this century, not a century before or two centuries before, where there was zero infrastructure, opportunity, wealth, freedom, technology, privilege, as we have today. So actually like beginning to think deeper about your existence automatically delivers a level of gratitude. And if you can peg yourself to that and actually think, wow, just waking up today is a privilege. And so that privilege then turns into gratitude and be grateful for that and show gratitude and, and, and show an emotional state of gratitude towards that. And when you begin to live like that, someone cuts you up in the morning. Uh, on the road on your way to work Uh, rather than effing and blinding and being like you know you actually they're probably really busy and that's really not bothering my day too much so I'm going to keep going doing what I'm going to do I'm going to keep on my journey the way that society lives in this day and age you're unconscious society is unconscious to their own thoughts and to their own thinking and to their own feelings so what you're actually doing is you're creating consciousness for yourself 
And again, you know, other bits of gratitude, like miracles are happening every day. You know, if you take, like, again, like just look at the, the human, human eye, take the human eye as an example. Like when you're in the bathroom in the morning, switch all the lights off, close the door, make it dark, turn the lights on and look closely in the mirror at the pupil of your eye and you'll see it dilate. And it's like the fact that your eye is doing that is a miracle. Again, like to the power of 10, 100, like it's, it's insane. So all of this is like, we're not taught to, to acknowledge or think about it because as we said, you know, we live in, very, in, a, in a materialistic world, which isn't, again, isn't a bad thing. It's, it's a massive privilege. But again, you you have to be conscious of yourself, the environment, the world at a deeper level. Yeah. So when it comes to gratitude, it can be easy to think, okay, I'll be grateful for something significant, a promotion, a particularly nice meal out, whatever it may be, something big. But what you're talking about is really zeroing in on the miracle of existence or the really small day-to-day things that can seem mundane, but actually are absolutely remarkable. And then sort of bedding into that feeling of gratitude as much as you can. Precisely. Yeah. And again, feeding back to what we're saying at the very beginning, it's never an end point. So it is the process and it's the journey. It's like tilting the scales, right? At the minute, everyone is, you know, 99% material and uh, materialistic and, you know, non-present. And 1% aware, conscious, present, you know, and it's like, the more you can tilt this, tilt those scales and create gratitude, awareness for yourself, the more likely you're then going to really shift the balance of your life and shift the balance of your journey and be aware of your journey. It's a really powerful philosophy and model to really incorporate into your life because you can do it in any walk of life. And ultimately, it's because we're talking at, at a deeper level than what we think makes us or makes us up you know so a a lot and what what i mean by that is a lot of the time we associate our role in society and identify that with us or with yourself when actually you're not like you're you're being a spiritual being living in a material world like so whatever you think you are actually you're not like you are deeper than that of course do you know i just want to pick up on something you just said whatever you think you are you are not. And I think that's such an important point because everyone clamors for an identity and we all have roles to play in life, job, family. But when we cling too hard to them, we're associating with thoughts which come and go. And so we're not our thoughts. We are aware of our thoughts. And that means anything that we identify with through thought, that can't be us either. Yeah, 100%. It's the emotions and and how we think and our behaviors and our characteristics are, you know, embedded in us as a, as a society, you know, as a, as a race, you know, so whether that's jealousy, anger, fear, animosity, uh, ambition, whatever it is, like they're, they're embedded into us, but it's actually being conscious of those thoughts and feelings and emotions. And then that's how you basically empower yourself. And really that's how you shift society and and really begin to create positive change when you said being conscious of thoughts and feelings do you mean being aware of them but not being lost in them correct yes the example as we said you know it's like when you walk out of your door in the morning close your front door and you're you're out for your day the majority 99% of the people on this planet are on autopilot and what I mean by that is okay it's raining today ah damn it's raining that's not that's not a good start to the day you are already setting the tone of your emotional frequency and your thinking then you miss your bus you miss your train there's traffic you're late for work you're now reacting you're you're constantly reacting to the elements of your day you know to the events of your day then again you know you get home you know maybe you're you left, uh, you know, you left something out of the dishwasher, or you know, your and your wife is has has a, a moan at you and is annoyed at you. You're going to be annoyed back, and now you're frustrated, and now you're angry. But ultimately, all of this is really and truly happening in your mind. So, being on autopilot, you don't have any power. 
you know, you've lost complete control. Whereas if you're conscious about what you're thinking and what you're feeling, you're empowering yourself and you can actually be the master of your own ship and you can actually dictate, you know, the outcome of your life. And you're not, and, and that doesn't mean you go from a standing start to, you know, a millionaire overnight. No, that's not the way it works. What you're doing is you're creating consistency. You're creating a model and a framework. And it's not, as I said, about the outcome more than about the journey, you know? So it's like when you're in that emotional state and you're empowered and you're in, yeah. And, and again, I don't like, I don't, I, I personally don't like the word control because it's not actually about control. It's more about when you're, when you are empowered to have knowledge, you know, you, you, you are knowledgeable about you, you know, as an individual, like that's how I describe it. You know, it's not about power. It's about, you know, knowledge and, and empowerment of yourself, like the impact that you're going to have, the positive impact that you're going to have on other people across your journey is like massive. Like it's like that, that's, that's bigger than any form of, you know, material goal or objective, etc. But that's not to say they're not, they're not good. Of course, if you want something like go and get it like 100%, like, but understand why you want it is it because maybe you feel that that is going to define you or is that gonna complete you but then then you again you need to think of that at a deeper level well why do i think that and is that the truth yeah it's not like it's gonna make you someone or it doesn't have happiness embedded in it now just something you said um that i wanted to pick up on in terms of most people coasting on autopilot and you gave the example of the weather and I've used this example before where let's say you've got a big event and it's an outdoor event dressed up all smart hair's nice you pull back the curtains and it's absolutely hacking it down with rain for a split second you're just aware of the fact it's raining and then a thought might rush in sort of going oh no my hair is going to be ruined my shoes are going to get muddy this is going to be bad now being unconscious would be to my mind not recognizing that your mind is coming up with that judgment that interpretation and going along with it because you can't stop that thought coming up but you can recognize that it's come up and not spiral down its rabbit hole because earlier you were talking about you can control your thoughts i would assert from my point of view you can't control your thoughts but what you can do is step out of the thinking it's up to you to choose whether or not to go along with a thought so you can let a thought like that go and not let it impact how you feel do you agree with that or do you have a different slant on it? Yeah, 100 percent And I think that that is that makes sense. And it's like, of course, like you're never going to be able to control what you're thinking about. Like you said, you know, in that instance, you know, it's an external, it's something in your external environment, which is then influencing what you're th thinking. Right. But it's like the more you can control your emotional state your emotional state will then actually begin to influence your thoughts, right? So that's what I meant by controlling what you think, because if you are in an emotional state of positivity, gratitude, etc., and it begins to rain, your thought, your first thought in that instance could be, wow, we're going to get some incredible wet pictures, natural organic pictures, you know, of the event, right? Because that's what's going to happen. If it's raining and you're going outside and it's a, event which you're all dressed up in you're going to get wet so it's but if you're in an in a positive emotional state at that time then actually your thinking will then be influenced and therefore again you're then creating this you know positive feedback loop as opposed to a negative now what your point is is 100 and again like i said 99 of the population don't have control about what they think and what they feel if something negative happens you're negative if something positive happens you're positive how can you consistently be consistent with your emotional state in a positive way? Now you could, of course, use it for negative, but negativity is, you know, what is that? Like you're not going to get anything. Like it's only going to result in in bad. So we're saying, how can we create uh, betterment? How can we create positivity? How can we create, you know, progression? You know, make a difference, make a positive change, a lasting impact. And and this is this is a model towards that. So 
it's like beginning to realize that and understand that you can really shift and create a a positive change in your life which i think you know a lot of people are searching for and looking for and doing what what i do now you know founder and ceo of the Turmico, we're changing people's lives through natural nutrition you know we're supporting tens of thousands of people on a daily basis through a natural health-based shot which is supporting their health through the, the ingredients the raw ingredients that we put into every single bottle and it's like we see that change you know we see that positivity and and that's you know that's a, a massive fuel a massive passion of mine because i can i'm tangibly seeing the positive impact that we're having and so for me i'm massively grateful about that yeah right and we're going to talk about the turmeric co because i love what you're doing there and we're going to talk about some other stuff last couple of bits on gratitude i can't let this go how important do you think is it to be even grateful for adversity? Because so many times things that happen to us, and I can even think of in your life, you know, the things that you went through in terms of your knee, that on the surface that are terrible and really hard at the time, painful, upsetting, yet oftentimes the things that seem quote unquote bad at the time can end up being a blessing down the road. And it's like that old saying, you know, life can only be lived forwards, but can only be understood backwards. So gratitude for adversity. What are your thoughts on this? That whenever we grow and whenever we develop, it's through adversity. When you are experiencing success, when you're experiencing freedom, when you're experiencing real happiness and real joy, you're never really developing and growing in in that state and why i say that is because all of those feelings create contentment and when you're content you don't move right so it's like with adversity when you're experiencing adversity it is the opposite of contentment you're in a place where you don't want to be something has happened which you don't want to happen so you have to move and you have to grow and you have to develop so when you face adversity, it is an opportunity for you to grow and for you to develop. And, you know, when you face adversity, you grow, you know, well, then, wow, like, okay, well, this is now adversity, you know, this is a challenge, you know, I, I have to complete this exam, I have to complete this, um, you know, I failed this opportunity, yeah, you know, we didn't, we weren't successful there. Like, these are all adverse events and conditions that we can learn from, grow from, and then turn into a positive. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Let's get into then your journey, as it were. It's been a fascinating one that's taken you to the highs of 2016. And I want to touch on that in a bit. And obviously where you are now, which is a fascinating place. And actually, what is your relationship now with football, Thomas? Are you done? Could we see you back in the Premier League? Or are you completely turmeric co now? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I'm I'm not officially retired. I haven't retired. I'm unattached. I still train. I feel in the best physical condition of my life, and and it's it's sort of um, the pattern which I saw, like year on year as I progressed through my career. You know, early twenties, mid twenties, late twenties. You know, I was just I was getting physically fitter and stronger year on year, and it continued. You know, into when I hit thirty, thirty one, thirty two. I'm I'm still obviously thirty two now, and like I feel fantastic. You know, I feel I feel great, and so. I'm open to opportunities, but it has to be an opportunity which I'm really passionate about and isn't short term. And I think within football, there's not a lot of time that you get in football for managers, as an example. So you're never really going to be able to build something in the current state. So, but at the same time, 100%, you know, I look at, you know, the, the West Brom squad or I look at, you know, Wales internationally or, you know, look at, strikers in the Premier League and I know 100% I can do an as good job if not a better job than a number of them so that being said obviously what I'm currently doing is you know a real passion of mine and, and something which I'm really excited about and as I said is impacting people's lives for the better um, and you can do that in football again you know the the joy and the the excitement that you bring to fans um, and to viewers, you know, tens of thousands, millions, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, um, but actually tangibly to be involved, um, you know, and to be founder and CEO of a business where we're positively changing people's lives for the better through nutrition. So you're kind of open to offers, but you're lucky in that you don't need anything. And I really admire that because I think a lot of people really struggle with the transition out of elite sport. And okay, another opportunity may arise, but if it doesn't, you've already found something that you're grateful for that speaks volumes for for your outlook and a lot of the stuff we've, we've spoken about. But let's go back then to when you were a very talented but small footballer and you're at Reading, weren't you? when they first bust your cruciate knee ligament? Yes, yeah, correct. So we were playing Milton Keynes in a reserve fixture and I was 15 at the time. And there was this massive defender who must have been, you know, sort of 25, 26. And I was only 15 at the time. And he just obviously just got super annoyed with me. You know, I was obviously doing well in the game and he just thought, I'm going to take this young lad out. And the ball came in to me and he literally just, knee-high challenge uh, with his foot, took out my knee, my knee snapped in half, ruptured my cruciate ligaments, ruptured all my medial ligaments, and basically my knee fell to pieces. And I had no idea, I'd never really had injuries. So I was thinking, okay, maybe a, you know, a week or so, um, but really literally couldn't walk on it, um, tried to run, but actually couldn't. And my knee was like giving away. Anyway, you know, following weeks, swelling went down, went to see the surgeon, specialist hospitals in in Windsor and um, had the MRI scans and the surgeon said look you've ruptured your cruciate knee ligament you're going to need reconstruction reconstructive surgery you're not going to play for um, at least 12 months Um, and yeah the rehabilitation is going to be really difficult and it was almost like again you know those moments of adversity where you're just like gosh like that I wasn't expecting that you know I had no idea and actually it didn't actually sink in until after the surgery and then the rehabilitation started. Um, Were you floored at that point, emotionally? Oh, 100%. You know, as a 15-year-old, to, to be told you're not going to do something you're really passionate about for, for 12 months and that, again, you know, your passion is at risk, you know, it's, 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 it's adversity and, and, and how do you deal with that? And, and there was, you know, lots and lots of emotions, you know, and again, it was all of that obviously you know helped form me but again it was part of my journey part of the 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 process and actually trying to find a route out of it and and again I just committed to becoming as strong as I could anyway went through the 12 month rehabilitation eventually got back playing one of my first or second game back same thing happened again you know this time it wasn't a malicious tackle it was just an unfortunate tackle my knee gave way ruptured again and back at the same surgeon's um, uh, office at the same hospital and and same scan and and it was the the same news and he said we're now going to have to you know have uh, you know do a revision um surgery on your knee so n- another reconstruction and you're now going to be out for another 12 months and 
he was basically telling me like this basically isn't going to go well and it's not going to be easy but again I was really determined and it was only later down the line when my dad actually told me that after the meeting with me he, the surgeon actually told my dad that I need to start looking at a different career path he said to me you know you're not going to play without pain or restriction again and I sort of was like okay well I'll just play through the pain you know that was my mentality but he basically said to my dad like he's actually not going to be able to do that and it's actually going to damage his body like him trying you know my dad knew that I was determined and and so he didn't pressurize me in any way but he sort of communicated indirectly to me but again I was determined you know I wanted to to do what I wanted to do so went through the whole process again and it was like wow you know sort of another 12 months on on top of the sort of gap in between it was literally around two and a half years and I began playing again but what the surgeon had said was correct you know I was playing with severe pain in my knee my knee would constantly get inflamed my knee would get immense swelling so literally blow up like a balloon after any form of activity and often not we would need actually physically drained with a syringe so really gruesome stuff and and it got to the point where I was back playing but not at the level that I could play or anywhere near really I was sort of playing at 30% of my capacity but was still able to sort of be present in games and in training but the pain was actually becoming too much and so the physios and the club doctors at the time they prescribed me with anti-inflammatories and painkillers. How old were you at this point Thomas? So I was 17 at this at this point and I'd never had any of these before in my life. Never touched painkillers, never touched, you know, anti-inflammatories. Like, anti-inflammatory, what is that? Like, you know, and I began popping these like Smarties, you know, two, three a day. And what I noticed was that they took the edge off the pain. They didn't prevent the swelling. They didn't solve the root of the issue. So after about two weeks of this um, medicinal abuse of my body, my body just had an adverse effect to it and it rejected them completely and so I started passing blood in my urine started having severe nausea couldn't sleep really traumatic symptoms but this was now because of the prescription medication I'd been prescribed so it got to a point where I just played a reserve game played about 30 minutes got into the house went to walk up the stairs and the pain was just so unbearable that I just collapsed and I literally broke down in tears was crying and was like to my dad there must be a solution to this there must be a way where I can recover uh, you know from the surgeries and the pain that I'm experiencing at that point did you genuinely believe that or was it a sort of sense of desperation no I genuinely believed it I was like there must be a solution like there surely like I, I, I and I don't know why I thought it but I I was adamant that there must be there must be a solution out there like sh- like surely again I had no idea you know where to start looking or what to do but you know put our heads together and it was like okay well let's go public library like okay pain recovery information like all of these key words began looking and researching around them and we began coming across these like recurring natural raw ingredients which were pegged to you know antioxidants recovery pain anti-inflammatories and we spotted these patterns and they were, you know, sort of natural raw foods and they were the likes of pomegranate, watermelon, pineapple, ginger, um, and subsequently turmeric. And it was like they were either used in Eastern medicine, either used in Ayurvedic culture, or had been used centuries ago in some form or another to support recovery, reduce pain, reduce inflammation. Um, and so my dad literally went out, bought all of these raw natural ingredients of, of each of the ingredients listed and began looking at how I could get them into my body. So whether it was, was it just chopped up and ate in a bowl, like impossible to do, um, you know, was it blended, turned into a paste, like that would just be, you know, not edible enough, um, you know, not convenient enough. And where I was quite fussy as a teenager, it actually helped because my dad then began creating this elixir which had to taste good but had also to include all of the raw functional ingredients within each shot but also you know be palatable and be be tasty and so you know after several iterations my dad literally handed me this you know golden elixir in in a small cup and I drank it and it knocked my socks off but actually it was enjoyable and it really had a dramatic impact on my body and so 
the initial shot was really potent and I just committed to having, you know, two, three of these every single day. My dad would make them in batches every few days. And after two weeks or so, I began being able to move again, began sort of playing, training. After four weeks, you know, I was back into sort of the swing of things, was still getting a lot of pain, swelling, etc. But it was after around six weeks where I woke up, my usual routine, wake up in the mornings, walk into the bathroom, head into the shower. I turned the shower on, on and I was under the shower and I realised that that was the first time in nearly two and a half years that I'd woken up without pain and restriction in my knee. And it was a light bulb moment for me and it was almost like, wow, like that's completely changed my life. And, and it was to the point where at that time, you know, we... I then obviously was, I knew it was the, the nutrition. I knew it was the shots. Um, you know, I tested them again. You know, I went, I stopped taking them for a short period of time and the swelling came back really quickly. And so I stayed on top of it, stayed consistent with it. And from that point onwards, you know, within six months, I made my first team debut. Within a year, I made my international debut. And then a year after that, I made my Premier League debut. And it was really a... Um, a shift in my understanding and my thinking, you know, because at, at that time, you know, I'd listened to the, to the doctors, I'd listened to the physios, I'd listened to the nutritionists then at the time. But what we had done was completely opposite to what we were being told and was, and we were told it wasn't possible. So it really showed me that there is knowledge outside of what we know. So you were gobbling down anti-inflammatories like Smarties. And I've spoken to a lot of people, sports people, Pure Sport, my sponsors, same thing happened there. I remember I used to take ibuprofen, for example, even after I'd been out you know, for hangovers and stuff. And then it started to affect my gut. So clearly they can have a really negative impact. And then in the West, let's say, it can be a bit dismissive of, say, things like Ayurveda. So Ayurvedic medicine or Ayurvedic approach to health which is more of a, okay, how do we optimize our health as opposed to rescue people when they're sick, as it were. And in terms of turmeric, I try and follow a few Ayurvedic principles in how I eat. And I apply turmeric all over my food, get it all over my clothes as well, which is a bloody nightmare. But in Ayurveda, it's called the most powerful spice of all. Antioxidant, antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal, anti-carcinogenic, and crucially, as it was in your case, anti-inflammatory. So from an Ayurvedic point of view, there's this recognition that, for example, turmeric can be uber powerful. Yet, you know, in our culture now, it, it can be a little bit dismissive of that kind of thinking. Mm. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think um, Ayurvedic medicine, you know, Ayurveda, it's a it's a natural system of medicine. And Hippocrates gave that famous quote around, you know, let food be thy medicine and let medicine be thy food. Now, what that means is that what you eat dictates your health. So do we know or do we not know that to be true? Well, obviously, we know that to be true, because if you live on a diet of fast foods, you know, high sugar, high salt, high fats, it shows, you know, whether that's through obesity, whether that's through heart disease, whether that's through inflammation which then create chronic disease like these are all facts but as you said you know for whatever reason within western society that isn't accepted and we're taught that it needs to be prescribed to be a medicine and really what we're talking about is preventative measures mm. as opposed to reactive measures like we oh okay we now need to uh you know uh what what can we do we need to cure this we need to try and you know now subside the information we now well how about we prevent it at source and the way that we prevent it at source is through nutrition through lifestyle through our, our approach to our mental state so when you begin to understand that you know why is it like that like surely it shouldn't be but again we're living in the information age, you know, we're living in an, away, in, a, in an age of awakening. The exchange of information is there for all to see. So it's like, it's only a matter of time that people wake up and people begin to understand and empower themselves through nutritional choices. Make, make that decision and really empower yourself because your health ultimately is your wealth. And the unfortunate thing about society is that saying is only really said by people 
who have their health taken away from them. And then they realize that the uh, money in their bank account, the, uh, you know, the, the adulation which they received, et cetera, meant nothing because, you're, because their health is the wealth and, and that is your true wealth. So, you know, we're, we're creating wealthy, wealthy people. You know, like that's, that's what we're doing, you know, and, that, and that's what I'm really, really passionate and really excited about. And, and again, it, it's through natural means as opposed to prescribed, you know, medicines which come with a myriad of side effects too. You know, it's like, oh, by the way, this is a prescribed medicine. This will really help with your pain, but it will also make you pass blood in your urine. Like imagine if we were selling a product that actually did that to people, you know, a natural product, you know, imagine if food did that to you, like, goodness me. On the flip side, you know, the, the technological advancements that you have in healthcare through acute issues. And what I mean by acute issues is, you know, surgeries, you know, whether they're um, accidental, you know, emergency surgeries, you know, hip replacements, like all of these, like these are acute technological advances which are saving people's lives this is phenomenal and this is what should be celebrated but what we're what has happened is there's then become this murkiness in between where it's like well how can we prevent or how do we then treat certain ailments and they're sort of trying to create the same approach to that as in you know like we said you know it's it's a treatment treat 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 no like let's prevent like let's prevent let's deal with the root yeah, so fence at the top of the cliff rather than an ambulance at the bottom. And like you say, you know, we're entering this age where you can educate yourself. And I've particularly found the Ayurvedic stuff really interesting. I mean, even down to, for example, how we eat, actually taking time to to stop and focus on what you're eating as opposed to rushing around. You know, there are so many little things from you know the type of food we eat but also how we eat what we're doing while we're eating and small changes can make a massive difference and look the work you're doing with the turmeric co is very exciting you obviously formed some really exciting partnerships as well with for example the england rugby team but i think your own experience of coming back from two cruciate knee ligament surgeries at such a formative age as well and going on to have such a powerful and um, successful career is a testament to it. And I think there's no better advert really than that, which leads me on to one of the last couple of things I want to speak to you about, Thomas, which is the goal you scored in 2016. One all against Belgium, Wales, quarterfinals of Euro 2016. Ball comes into you into the penalty area. Back to goal. Cruyff turn, left three people for dead and then rifled it into the back of the net. It was an incredible, incredible goal. But what was your, what are your memories of it? And the reason I ask that is a subject I'm really interested in is flow. For example, when Johnny Wilkinson kicked the winning drop goal in 2003, the thinking self, that sense of me wasn't there. What was your experience of scoring that goal? Were you an observer to it? Can you just relay what you remember of the actual experience of it? Yeah, it's... Um... It was a really special moment. And I think the actual, the execution of it was, you know, something that I had executed in training or as a kid in the park hundreds or thousands of times. It was completely detached from the the outcome of that event. So flow is really, you know, again, another really interesting philosophy around performance and, you know, being and, and 100% you could peg you know, the, the infrastructure of flow onto that whole experience and event. And it's like, that is elite output, elite execution in that split second of time. And it's like, how do you maintain that state at all times, you know, living in that sort of state. And it's, um, I think for me, as I said, like it was just a, a really special moment for not only for myself, family, for the nation, but also, you know, for the game itself, I think it won goal of the tournament. And, and it's like, in the traditional sense, would define you, if that makes sense. So it'd be like, oh, you know, oh, no, I scored the the best goal in Euro 2016. It's like, well, that's who I am. Yeah. And it's like, well, like, no, like it was it was a special moment, a special time. And, and but how did I do it? Like, as I said, like I it's something I practiced for thousands of times in a park as a kid. Um, 
how did I apply it to that game? You know, being present in the moment, enjoying it, you know, living, living and breathing that moment. You know, we were all that group of players in that tournament for the nation of Wales was so invested in being present. Yeah. Just finally then, Thomas. So you said about living in this state, you know, as much as you can. And I hear you talk about, you know, you can either be in fear or creativity. And another way of saying that might be fear or or love. So just as a sort of final thought, can you just touch a little bit on this subject? Because I know this is something you're passionate about. And how could someone choose to be more in the creative state, having an attitude of exploration as opposed to, oh, my gosh, what if this goes wrong? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, again, this links back into, you know, the, the, the state of positive emotions, negative emotions, you know, positive aeons, negative aeons, like it's all the same concept, right? And it's like, and what this is, is around, you know, living in a state of positivity or creativity, or living in a state of fear or restriction, or negativity, right? Because whenever you look at anything in your life, like, whatever you have done, which where you have created, or where there has been abundance, or where there has been joy, there will have never been fear present. The reason why that is, is because you cannot create in a state of fear. And the example to visualize with this is when you see fear, you retract, right? It's like everything, everything retracts when you're in fear. And, and you know, whether it's like a hedgehog retracting and curling up into a ball, whether it's, you know, your self the tension in your body when you're fearful or you're anger, angry, you know, anger again, you know, same frequency as, as fear, like all of these emotions are pegged to one another. It's like, if, however, you live in a state of positivity, what you're actually doing is living in that state of creativity. So when we're talking about achieving a certain outcome, really enjoying the process, really being present at that moment in time what you're actually allowing for is really being in that state of creativity where you're then creating that event so you're allowing for those creative opportunities or outcomes which need to occur in order for an event or an outcome or a circumstance to to happen and so it really drives back into that that you know, the philosophy of that's why you want to live in a state of positivity as opposed to a state of negativity, because you're more likely to create when you're in that state, as opposed to not create when you're in a state of fear. And creativity could be as simple as taking a phone call to accept an opportunity. And that phone call cut might have been missed. Like if you're pissed off, if you're annoyed, you wouldn't have answered that phone. You would have just left it. And you, you might have even thought it was you know, someone asking for a bill or, you know, a utility company calling for a bill. But that one opportunity of when it may have been the opportunity of what you're looking to do to progress your life or an outcome, if you had answered that, it may just have been that. And it's like, that's a really basic example, but it's like just trying to create that model of understanding of why you, you know, what the impact of what you think and what you feel, how that actually then begins to impact your life. That fundamentally is the reason why you want to live for the most part in a state of creativity as opposed to a state of fear. And and again, you know, gratitude is, is going to be the key driver for that. Just one thing I'd add to that is fear, in my experience, comes up. But I suppose it's again what we said earlier about like being aware to it. So for me, I remember covering London 2012 for the BBC. I had this feeling of anxiety, feeling of fear come up and it threatened to engulf me because I tried to get rid of it. I tried to ignore it and all that kind of stuff. But actually what I learned in time was that feeling will be there. In fact, I did some talks last week and that feeling will still be there. But by accepting it, by turning towards it, by allowing it to be there, you can almost transmute it from, for example, anxiety or fear to excitement. Or it can be a, a sign that something exciting is going to happen. So this will be my take. I don't know if you agree with this or not, but it's not necessarily about getting rid of that emotion of fear, but having a different relationship to it. Yeah, agreed. And it's it's understanding it. That's the key. You know, so why am I fearful? And again, it's like, okay, public speaking, like that that makes a lot of people nervous. And it's because, you know, we're we're not conditioned to be in groups of 
you know, hundreds of people outside of our packs, you know, this, and this goes back into like, you know, the stone age time, we were, we were meant to be in small packs, you know, tight knit families, tight knit groups. And then you were, you know, you were live, survive and anything out of that was like fear based. And it was a risk to dying, you know? And it's like, so when you're stood in a room of front of a thousand people, the reason why, and you're speaking and everyone's looking at you, the reasons why you're nervous is not because you you're there's something wrong with you or it's you as an individual it's within your dna because actually that should be telling you that a thousand people are actually my enemy and should be you know so it's when you begin to understand that you can begin to break that down and actually think okay well actually are they my enemy are they out to get me well actually they might think differently differently of me if i don't say the right thing okay well why does that actually matter so then you this is doing the work you know so you need to always do the work on your model of understanding break it down and be conscious of what you're thinking about and that is the key so it's like you know whether it's fear-based or what you should you're never going to not have fearful thoughts but it's understanding those you know why are you thinking and why are you feeling them and it's okay to feel them obviously yeah and it comes back to awareness which to me is the same as being yeah awareness is the same as being lovely stuff listen thomas i've thoroughly enjoyed chatting to you i completely uh, take my cap off to you as well i think uh, the goal you scored was amazing the recovery from those injuries when you were a teenager and then obviously the transition you've made into the natural health market and being a bit of a pioneer in this area i think is fantastic so there's a lot of things to admire and i've just really enjoyed chatting to you so i very much appreciate you coming on Amazing. Thank you very much for having me, Simon. Uh, it's been a, a great, great chat and yeah, hopefully really valuable for, for the listeners. And again, if uh, if anyone wants to, to reach out to me, I'm see my social channels, the, the business channels, the Turmeric Co. I'm linked into everything. So just uh, fire questions away. You're a generous man. Thomas, have a wicked day. Take care. Take care, Simon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode with Thomas Robson Carnu. I really enjoyed talking to him and his take on gratitude is definitely one to reflect on. Of course, it is important to be grateful for the good things that happen to us in life, but that's kind of easy. What about reflecting on the miracle that we exist or being grateful for the incredible human body? It's so easy to overlook how remarkable things like that are, but if we can increasingly live in a state of gratitude, it undoubtedly can have such a positive impact on our life. For example, my gran is 100 years old next month. She lives alone and she's still as sharp as a tack and she is the most grateful person I know. She's always counting her blessings and I don't doubt that that has contributed to her good health and longevity. I also really admire the work Thomas is doing with the Turmeric Co., as I mentioned, I've got a bit of a side interest in Ayurveda, the natural system of medicine that originated in India thousands of years ago. And I do try and adopt a few of its eating and living principles. And there's no doubt that natural ingredients can be medicine. And turmeric is considered to be one of Ayurveda's most powerful ingredients with a host of health benefits. I will link to the turmeric Co. in the show notes where I'll also link to my social media accounts and my website where you can sign up for my newsletter Monday on Monday. This week, I'm sharing some of the science behind gratitude, which is pretty remarkable. And finally, please, can you share this episode on social media, on WhatsApp, or whatever method works best for you? It does make a real difference and I would be hugely grateful. I am a one-man band producing this podcast for now and I... Really appreciate everyone who listens and takes the time to get in touch. So if you think this podcast has value, anything you can do to help spread the word makes a really big difference. Right, that's it for now. There will be a bite-sized episode along in a few days. Until then, have a great and grateful week. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 